facing challenges, to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hi there. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. I'm Tracy. I'm Leslie. Today, all day. All day. What, you're, 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 you're looking at me like to say something besides my name. Yeah, tell them about the show. Oh, oh gosh, are. you do that. See, now you're, just, you're being mean. Um, let's think. You're saying yes to spirit. How long have we been doing this, Tracy? Two years? Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half years. Saying yes to spirit is a weekly reminder to me to do what I try to do all the time in the idea of looking at in every circumstance, those circumstances that there's just nothing apparently spiritual about at all, how do I bring spirit into every little thing that I do? And it's really curious. We talk all the time about spiritual practices and different things that bring us back to connection, and um, I think that really is uh, one of the reasons I wear mala beads. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was talking to someone, and I said, you know, I just need a constant reminder of what's true, of what's real, and my mala beads that I wear is that it's my way of saying yes to spirit all the time, and I think these mala beads are getting kind of sad and old. But I think I have to keep them on because they're my reminder of spirit. They're probably not sad at all. <laughs> you know, they, they might look, be old. They look sad, kind of old. <laughs> well, you could clean them. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you know, they're don't from, soak them in water. They're from Bali. Yeah, don't soak them in water because the thread, you don't want to soak ah. the thread that would make the thread weak. Right, right. You don't want to soak them in water. That's not how you clean them. That's but how you clean you, them. You could take a, a damp, warm, they're wood. Showering with them every day is not cleaning them? Is that a bad thing? Okay, so <laughs> see what happens when oh, I talk about say yes to so spirit. Say yes normally. to spirit is always about. Well, I'm just curious. You know, sometimes uh, you actually start the show, and like when I'm not around. <laughs> yeah, when you're not here, when I'm not looking I'm at curious. you. Curious. <laughs> How I say yes to spirit. Yes. So every week on say yes to spirit, spirit, and every show that we do, we have a theme, and. Um, this week, the theme is perfect attendance. I don't perfect even know what we're thinking attendance. about that. Attendance, perfect attendance. And so um, we'll have an opportunity to talk about did you make your daily appointment with God today? Do you have perfect attendance in your relationship with spirit? Um, and does your attendance at church even matter? I mean, is is that the same thing? Is it something to strive for and have perfect attendance? I went to church 52 weeks out of 52. You know, in the Methodist church, we took attendance. We had to sign a little thing that said we were there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and should Spirit be sending a truancy officer to your home? <laughs> So that's our theme for this week, but before we get into our theme for the week, we always try to connect the dots with um, whatever our previous show's theme was, and in this case, our previous show was all about being grateful, and let's love to connect the dots. So is there a connect the dots between being grateful and my part. I can get excited about this part. I do know about this part. Yeah, I wonder about that, because perfect attendance, boy, hearing you even read the intro made me think like I've already told But, um, so grateful, grateful, F, if I'm having perfect attendance, I would be grateful? No, I don't think so. So that's not a connect for that. 
perhaps if I were really grateful for how spirit is working in my life, it would inspire me to have perfect attendance oh. to pray every day or perfect attendance to go celebrate. You know, we call our Sunday service celebration, a yes. service of celebration. Maybe if I were really grateful, maybe. I'm not saying that this is true. <laughs> Because I think there are lots of ways to show your gratitude. Right. But for some people, maybe the way they show that they're grateful for the way spirit shows up in their lives is to attend church on Sunday in gratitude for all that they have experienced in the past week or in anticipation of all they're going to be grateful for in the coming week. Oh, Tracy Brown, kudos to you. Very good. Very good to connect the dots. You've had sleep. You're doing very well. You are you are on your game. Well, actually, I had no sleep or lots of sleep. One of the right. It's got to be one or the other. In this case, I had really deep sound sleep, which I'll tell you about why I think that happened after we take this quick break and come back for this week's version of Say Yes to Spirit. listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. And our theme this week is perfect attendance. And if you missed the intro and you're just uh, tuning in, you're probably going, perfect attendance, say yes to spirit, what in the world? (laughs) Let me just assure you that we have many topics that we say, what in the world is the connection between saying yes to spirit and that? But we can assure you that in the next 54 minutes, um, some kind of connection will be made. <laughs> it's a guarantee. Yeah, and we can guarantee that guarantee. after two and a half years. And that is the magical thing, and that's really, I think that's one of the things why Tracy and I started this show, is we really had that very much in common, is kind of a curiosity of how to make everything about spirit. In, in, instead of defining or creating a kind of a compartment or a, an area of my life where spirit is or where I'm spiritual or how I express myself spiritually, that that just becomes who I am. And I I noticed yesterday, I do some classes at Dallas County Women's Jail, and I was teaching a class, and I noticed yesterday my language was much more just sort of spiritual and it was, and I wasn't trying to make it so. Usually, I try to make it so, so I can seem impressive. But you know, it was just sort of naturally, kind of spiritual. You know, words like perfection and divine design and God's <coughs> presence, and and I thought, you know, isn't that interesting? And we weren't talking anything spiritual. I mean, I was in a jail, and and I, I really was aware how that shifted the energy within the whole room even though nothing about that experience, quote-unquote, was spiritual. So that this show really does that for me, and I really appreciate you doing this, reminding me every week, Tracy, to say yes to spirit. But more importantly, you said you had some deep sleep and some really good sleep, and since I'm always interested in that, sleep <laughs> is such a curious thing. Well, you were right that I could be... Um running on total adrenaline, having had no sleep, and things might make a good connection, mm-hmm. or I could be coming off of a really good sleep. And it wasn't so much that I slept 
a lot of hours, it was the the depth of the sleep, the soundness of the sleep. So last night I participated in a sound healing guided meditation and awakened dream travel session. Ooh, that sounds like ooh. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, and it was really amazing. Um, there were 22, the two people who were leading the session, there were 22 crystal bowls. Nice. And the crystal bowls were tuned to different chakras. Mm. And so, um, and then they had two gongs, the the big earth sensory gongs. And the um, it was just really fascinating, the physical shift that happens. And, and they talked a little bit beforehand about, why it works and what's really happening right. when, you know, the gongs are being played and, you know, how that, why it works, how that is shifting the energy in your body and how it relates to the chemical composition of your body. And then uh, meditation that, you know, went through the seven chakras and kind of positioned them, opened them, and then the... Um, the the balancing mm-hmm. of the chakras and the energy and so I knew I knew it was a very deep experience you know even at the time and I literally couldn't just you know get up and hi well Leslie what's going on today and then you know walk out get in my car and drive home I literally had to sit for a while and just kind of allow my consciousness to return sure. and my right. body energy to come back into my body. And then even, you know, when I got home, I was kind of walking around like in a daze a little bit. It's kind of hypnotic. You can't put you yes. in kind of an altered state. Yes. The idea of it, yes. Yeah. So it was it was fabulous. And so I didn't go to sleep as soon as I got home. But when I did go to sleep, mm. you know, I slept deeply and soundly and got really good rest and I... When I woke up this morning, I looked in the mirror and I was like, hmm, my eyes, I don't have like bags under my eyes. <laughs> what is so, um, and who did this magical thing? They are national, so international people. They're internationally they? known. Um, they are from the um, John of God Healing and Teaching Centers, and they're both board members. Um, with kind of the that part of and can John we of just God. do a show on John of God sometime? If you're listening and you have not heard of John of God, then that's really a value, isn't he the healer in Brazil? Yes, yes. I'm just a big you John. Do a show I'm a big John, John of God. Well, the John of God idea, the idea. Oh, of, okay. I was like, you want to do a show on John of God? John of God. He does on the idea on the idea of healing, of healing and. Surgery without cutting. But go ahead. So they're part of that. So what are their names? So people wanted to get a CD or something? You don't know their names? I don't remember their names. Oh, my goodness. I could look it up while we're on the show. I think we should in case someone wants a CD or something. Because it really yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, the 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 guy who who led it is either Dr. Raymond Scott or Dr. Scott Raymond. So, I mean, it's not like, <laughs> right. It's like, I know the name. That's cute. But they I don't remember whether it's Scott Raymond or Raymond Scott. Oh, that's hysterical. So, um, and then he was assisted by a woman whose name actually I, I don't know. I don't remember. It was on the website. but So, Raymond Scott or Scott Raymond. But, yeah, and John of God. And, right, if you, if you search... Uh, John of God Healing and Teaching Centers dot org, or if you just search John of God Brazil, then the Brazilian base will come up. But if you then look on the list of people, you'll see Raymond Scott or Scott Raymond, <laughs> and, and he was masterful. So yes. part of the reason I don't remember his name is because yes. he didn't make it about him. Right. You know, he didn't. He he. You know, his his name was given when he was introduced. Right. But nothing he talked about was about himself or, you know, and I had looked beforehand before I decided to go. I had looked, he 
know, gone and looked him up right, on sure. the Internet. <clears throat> I was very impressed with his background and all the healing he had done and and how he got involved with John of God really after a full career of mm, being a healer. Oh, wow, cool. And, um, and now the work that he is committed to doing throughout the world. And, um, and so I was really impressed with him. But, again, it's interesting. I was really impressed with what he had done and didn't necessarily – you know, that's why I remember Raymond Scott or Scott Raymond. Mm-hmm. But from last night, from the event itself, there was really nothing that would, it was all about the work. The work. And the what healing. was happening in your body and, you know, the bowls and what they were made out of, most of them made out of precious <clears throat> precious stones and minerals and natural all of them made from naturally produced elements mm-hmm. and um, how they work and why they work and what's going on with your chakras. And so, yeah, the fact that I'm not absolutely sure on which name is his first name and which name is his last name, please don't take that as any <laughs> indication that he was it was not fabulous. Yeah, because he really, really was fabulous. Now, you're going to be very proud of me because I actually have a tag or a link between that conversation and perfect attendance. Can you even imagine? I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. That's very exciting. See, my link to that is what you're describing is kind of an ooey-ooey kind of experience, kind of a workshop moment where some people would get some tremendous thing out of and other people would walk away going, that's kind of nuts and crazy. Yeah, there were a couple of people and who were so, like, what was what that? Um and my connection to perfect attendance is I have, have have spent probably, let's say, in the early 2000s, 2000 to 2005, 2007, going to every possible workshop and activity and thing I got on the Internet. I mean, I had perfect attendance. I mean, if it was sent to me and it had the word ancient, or Wisdom, or Deepak Chopra, or, you know, anything that seemed like it could help me, I was there. And it was really an interesting time of life because I really felt like I had some sort of interesting belief that it was sent to me via the Internet. A, it had to be divinely designed for me. <laughs> and I didn't really understand the Internet at that time. But um, and And B, I was in such desperation to find that external thing that was going to trigger something, you know, for me in my own spiritual path, which ultimately it did. It connected me to a Christian mystic group, which gave me my spiritual teacher. But the the idea, I mean, I really had perfect attendance, and I did things that were nutty looking back, and that even as I was sitting through them, I was thinking, this is nutty, but I showed up the next day and gave my money again. You know, I mean, I kept, I was so desperate, and I was so certain someone else, Right. had the answer. Someone mm-hmm. else had some magical something that I was going to get. And so I had perfect attendance for years and years in every kind of workshop. Well, that's really interesting because we talked about at the top of the show perfect attendance maybe being, well, related to I'm so grateful right. for all that has happened and all that is happening in my life that I want to attend church, or I want to attend this meditation group every every week, or I want to, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's my motivator. But I love the <laughs> thinking about the flip side of that, if we flip the script, that it could also, perfect attendance could also be motivated out of desperation, yeah, exactly right. out of fear, out of brokenness, out of um, kind of almost ritual or some sort of, you know, some sort of unhealthy kind of belief that if I do this, then I'll get that. Yeah, as if it is um, not happening inside of us, that right. it is happening outside of us. Um, and so, you know, I think that if we make the analogy or we make the comparison between perfect attendance in a structured environment like church and compared to perfect attendance in a structured environment like school mm-hmm. or educational system, um, then I think that's probably true. There are kids who go to school and love it, 
and have perfect attendance because they enjoy or they're so excited. And there are kids who have perfect attendance because out of desperation to leave their family, their home environment, maybe because of poverty or um, violence in the home, and, you know, and everything in between. Right. You know, people who you're required to do it. You're not re- Well, some people feel they're required to go to church, especially growing up in young adults, that that's what my parents required me to do. I wouldn't do it on my own. So the Baptist take attendance when you were growing up? You know, when you signed a little thing. We signed a little thing. When you said that, I had a a moment Uh of not, it wasn't a moment of amazement. It was a moment of questioning and trying to think back. Because the Baptists don't take attendance. But I, we had some kind of a, I vaguely remember some kind of attendance award, so we must yeah for Sunday school. Oh, no, this is church. So for, you know, the adults may have had it for church, and I just, you know, didn't mm. get it or didn't wasn't aware of it so much. But, yeah, in Sunday school, I vaguely, I'll have to ask my sister the next time <laughs> I talk to her, I vaguely remember there being some kind of a recognition, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if it's perfect attendance, but what, what other kind of attendance recognition would you have? Yeah. Like perfect 85%. attendance for the year or for the month or mm-hmm. for the, I don't even know. But my sisters will know. They will be the my ministers. They uh, know every, well, both of my sisters, they, they, will, they will know. You know, it's interesting thinking about church and looking back over the span of my life. I've gone to a lot of different kinds of churches. Uh, I've been through periods of time where I didn't go to church at all. And what I find is that if I stay away from that ritual mm-hmm. for too long, I do miss the ritual. And I think it is really significant. Um, I have a friend who's struggling on and off and... Um, she has known in their past of her life how just having any kind of meditation, just 10 minutes, just 5 minutes, you know, even if it's just once a week because she doesn't go to church. And it's interesting to hear her talk about how that ritual is something that can center her so quickly. Yes. And, you know, Having the ritual of a, of a weekly experience, and like you said, we call ours at the Center for Spiritual Living at Dallas a celebration. Um, it it does feed me, and I I just really, if I don't have some sort of Sunday experience, I can only be gone so long, or I notice kind of physically even that I get anxious, more anxious. Can you imagine being more anxious? hard to believe. It's really a scary thought. Really hard to believe. But, you know, I, I always think so, that, that ritual, and then I always love Wednesday night services is kind of, you know, that um, that inoculation. I always look at it as that's kind of the inoculation because the Sunday can't last all week. <laughs> you need something during the week to remind you of what you got on Sunday. But have you always been a churchgoer? Have you always found a, some sort of ritual on Sunday? Um, well, I've always been a no, I grew up as a churchgoer, and I, you know, I do think there's something about, and I don't think there's any surprise that a lot of people in their teens and 20s move away from whatever church they grew up in. But then as soon as they have kids, when they, by the time their kids get to be four or five years old, they start looking for a church. <laughs> to put their kids to, in. Well, to go to because they understand that the the ritual of going and hearing a message and having some kind of values as your foundation, mm. uh, you know, is a really good and a really important foundation they want for their kids, more so than just them telling their kids. And so um, I grew up going to church all the time, I mean, not just on Sundays, and um, or on Sundays, you know, twice on Sundays, going in the morning and um, being there for two services and then going back in the evening. So for you... We did program, that, MYF, yes, yes. 
And so, and then, you know, throughout the week or when I was in brownies, you know, brownies or Girl Scouts, that was through a church All right. troop Good point. versus I forgot in about my that. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And in the summer, going to vacation Bible school. Yeah. And, then, you know, so I, a lot of things that I did and a lot of the people who I, a lot of my peer group friends, you know, were people from church. Mm-hmm. Um, but then from, I went, I left left home and went to college at the age of 16. And I went to a college that was American Baptist affiliated. Mm. So we didn't have required, you know, chapel every day, although they had had that in the past. Really? Before I really? got there. Yes. And, um, and, you know, we weren't required to, you know, go 10 blocks down the street to the First Baptist Church or anything like that. But the foundation of the of the school had a very um, spiritual connection and spiritual, and it wasn't just religious. It wasn't just the American Baptist way. Mm. It was about having that spiritual foundation be a part of your life, whatever you chose. Because there were students oh, nice. from all faiths oh, nice. and from all countries, from lots of countries around the world. Um, and so that helped, that actually encouraged me to be curious. To find your own. To be curious about and to see what's the commonality. And so I would say that from my late teens through um, my mid-30s, I really wasn't affiliated with any single church or any single religion and that I created spiritual practices that worked for me that reflected a variety of different religions. So you didn't have perfect attendance? I had perfect attendance. <laughs> Actually, you know Within your own. I had perfect attendance because in some ways, yes. since I knew I wasn't going to church, I also knew it was personal responsibility. So, you know, there was, you know, I meditated once I really got into meditation, I meditated, you know, almost daily. But I, you know, I would do devotional readings or I would read from a spiritual guidebook, you know, the Bible or the Quran or the Torah or just, you know, different spiritual books. So I, you know, forget once a week. You know, my Some perfect daily, attendance yeah. was all, you know, was really compared to almost a daily practice. Right. And this is, I guess that would be the natural thing, um, in theory, as a person becomes deeper and deeper embedded in the idea of having spirit in every aspect would be some sort of daily practice. Some sort of daily daily practice. Well, yeah, like in the intro to the show, in the summary of the show, the the first thing is, did you have, did you make your daily appointment? You know, did you show up for your daily appointment with God? Or the truancy office. That was a very cute little sentence, Trace. Oh, the truancy office. Should we be sending a truancy <laughs> officer? Is God looking for you? Yeah. Um, I, you know, that daily appointment with. Spirit, that daily appointment is really, in my opinion, the test of perfect attendance. That is That's really ideal. That that is really perfect attendance. So you and I know a person, Michael Brundy, who has worked for the same organization for thirty five years. Wow. And That's he has perfect attendance. Oh no. At work? He's never taken vacation? That's unwell. No, vacation. Oh, he's never been sick? He's never taken an unpaid day off. He has perfect attendance. Yes. He he's never taken an unpaid day off or he's never been sick? That's two different I, things. I don't think he's <laughs> ever taken sick leave. I mean, obviously, he's taken his vacation. 35 years. Time. Wow. I don't think. You I don't see, know I think for that's, sure. That's a little obsessive compulsive. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. What does he do? I'm just curious. He has he's a manager in a telecommunications company. And wow. so he um obviously thirty five years ago 
he wasn't a senior-level manager, and a, but he it was a tel, it is a telecommunications company. But yeah, but that you know, 35 years of perfect attendance. Um, interestingly enough, see, in my mind, that could it. I I will ask him next time I see him whether that is, you know, if he had two weeks of paid sick, ten days of paid sick time and he took three days of sick time, you know, and it was paid. I kind of translated into no unpaid time. Mm-hmm. But you're right, sick time might not be considered perfect attendance, but what he has is perfect attendance. So whatever standard is used in that company, he, get some sort he of has perfect watch? attendance. And he, and, get a and he talks about this. He's mentioned it several times in speeches or in talks that he's given. Um, and... He talks about it as being his commitment to himself. It's not. Uh, it's not. I gotta have perfect attendance right. so my boss thinks well, good of me. Right. It's not. I need to have perfect attendance so I can brag about it and be impressed. You know, and impress other people. It's not even. I can have perfect attendance so that my staff understands I expect them to be at work every day, which is a good enough reason once you begin to supervise people. But it was his own commitment to be the best he can be and to do what he says he's going to do. I commit to this job. My commitment is to be here and to do a good job to the best of my ability, and the company's commitment is to pay me a check. And there's some sort of, um, there's certainly, you know, people that run, uh, talk about that, that's never been my experience when I used to run, even now, I can't get myself to walk really on kind of cue. But you know, there is something that 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 people have something that they do that mm-hmm. they do as a ritual or as a routine, and um, you know, it's just part of who they are. It's kind of ingrained in them. And there's something about you know doing it repetitively. It becomes sort of a way of life. And I, I don't, um, you know, it does tell a little bit about. That. The women at the jail, we have one rule at the program, to stay in the program, they have to uh, come to the classes. They can't have more than three unexcused absences mm-hmm. in a month. And, um, you know, obviously they're in jail. There's not a lot of things competing for their time besides the classes. But it is fascinating to watch them come up with reasons that they can't come to class. And you can always tell when someone's struggling with their program, they want to not come to class. Mm-hmm. And I always think that's such an interesting dynamic. I can remember when I was doing my own therapy, certainly I can recall times of when um depressed or not doing well and I avoid going to church or when I was, you know, really in the depth of my therapy, I, you know, would cancel my therapy appointment or not show up. And there's some strange dynamic that when we're in struggle or when I'm in struggle or when I'm in most need of doing something, mm-hmm. then that is the very time that I'm most likely to shy away from it or not do it or try to avoid it. And uh, that's a curious little Amen. thing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, right? There's something about that which, you know... I ha- I, I think in many ways it's human nature, it's ego nature. Ego nature, to, definitely ego nature. You know, to, oh, I don't want to go that oh, last mile. Then we get that. I yep. don't want to do the work. I don't really want to let go of the pain. I don't like the pain, but at least I know how to deal with it. Yes, you know? familiar. And so um, that... you know, yeah, I mean, classes even, you know, yeah, I... Have felt fine all day, all the last two days, and then I need to leave the house at six because I have to be at class in class at seven, and around four thirty, all of a sudden I just feel <laughs> drained of energy and a little nauseous, or maybe I'm getting a headache, and maybe I shouldn't go to class tonight. You know, I, I don't know if I could be in class for three hours. <laughs> You know, I'm just not feeling well. Maybe I'll just lay down and, you know, and then 
realizing, you know, Tracy, you've been fine all day. This is about whatever the, what's the topic tonight? Oh, oh that's right. You don't really want to go there. Okay, you're going to class. And sure enough, you know, maybe my head will start hurting more. I'll really feel sicker to my stomach, but I go. Right. And when class starts, you know, maybe we do a check-in. I'm like, I'm really not feeling well, blah, 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 you know. And then I'm getting to class. And by the, you know, time we're in class, an hour, I feel fine. Yes. I feel fine, and I'm engaged. And then I, you know, you have that happen enough times, you realize, okay. There's something about that that issue, that message. And it was interesting, I um, watched, I wasn't at Reverend Petra's uh, Welcome Home celebration two Mm -hmm. weeks ago. She came back from her sabbatical the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas. And she had a powerful message at the beginning. She talked a lot about getting engaged in classes. She used that as an example of of really, you know, making a commitment and doing something to taking taking action. And, you know, I think that's really so important to have some sort of... um, some sort of spiritual academia, whether it be something on the Internet that you look up and you research and you ponder or conversations that you have with friends where you ponder spiritual thoughts or ideas. You know, and again, that's the reason for this show. But Or to take a class at a church somewhere, somehow, or online. There's hundreds of webinars of different spiritual teachers out there. I'm sure you kind of Google the teacher first. But, I mean, you know, there's just a million different ways, but it's or so... Even, even if you don't, see, I... It can kind I of be fun to just... That, well, yeah, because if nothing else... Roulette, you just kind of... Yes, actually, <laughs> actually, yes, because if nothing else, I learn I don't agree with what that person is saying or teaching, right. which forces me to think, what do I believe? Good point, good point. So, well, you don't you just know. mock them and laugh at them like I do. Oh my gosh, they're in that. You don't do that. Oh no, that's not what you do. No, oh well, I'd be like, huh? So what do I believe? <laughs> well, okay. Well, if that's what I really believe, then, um, yeah. But there is a lot of opportunity out there, and it is an interesting thing to to engage in a class. And you know, I have found myself. Um, at the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas for what, five years now, and I'm usually always in a class. And I actually get more out of the classes on some moments than I do the the um, Sunday services many times because I always take Reverend Peter's classes. So it's like I have a little one-on-one time. But, well, but even more know, than the that, the Sunday services in most most places, most churches, most most spiritual communities, the Sunday services are the Friday services in Islam or the... Wednesday night services or the Saturday Sabbath services in um, Seventh-day Adventists or in um, the Jewish faith. It's very you know, the weekly, that weekly ritual, usually they are designed at a pretty basic level so that whoever comes right. in the door and a group, yes, is going to get something out of it. Right. Whereas when you go to a class, it's whether or not there's personal attention, it's just it's a smaller group and diff- you're able to ask questions, get your questions responded to, and you're going deeper. Deeper. That's the key, to find some way to go deeper. And so I think, you know, the weekly service is not really designed in any in most faith practices, to be a deep experience, it's a wide experience. And so I love Sunday services because it always reminds me of some basic that, you know, whatever the, whoever's speaking, you know, they give that basic. And I almost always have my, have a journal with me on Sunday services. And I don't so much journal or write down what they said, but it's like, what, how does that apply to me right now? Oh, yeah, last week. And then I do the processing at the deeper level for me. For you, right. Um, but, yeah, it's like that's not what 
Sunday services usually are all about, it, but it is the repetition, mm-hmm. you know, uh, over and over. Like in, in Science of Mind, not just at our center, but um, worldwide, the first four weeks of every new year, like the month of January or the first four weeks of the year, almost all religious science centers do the first four lessons, the first four basic principles from Science of Mind teaching. What are the four basic principles of Science of Mind teaching, Tracy? You come in January <laughs> to our center. Do you know that? And you I don't know will do you know get one of them? repeat it over and over. So, yes, but I don't want to get sidetracked. Okay. So, but what what's interesting about that? The reason I use that as an yes. example and this is this idea that five hundred, six hundred centers worldwide are focusing on the same thing, but it's the very basics. If anybody's taken foundations, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I already know that. I know that all there is is God. You know, oh, I already know that." And but it's a it's repetitive, deeper. It's the fact that I'm hearing it again right now right. when I may not be thinking right. about it every day, and that lays the foundation for the whole year. Yes. It's like if I don't pick it up any other time or get reminded of it, it's like this is the foundation upon which we stand. And I think that's what Sundays are about or the weekly service is all about. It's taking a scripture, you know, from the Bible in a Christian environment and saying this is the scripture, this is the text for what we're going to talk about and think about this coming week. Well, people have read that scripture or know that scripture. You know, you can see people lean to their neighbor and say, oh, that's one of my favorite scriptures, Uh right? Uh But it's bringing it forward right, so that I can incorporate it into my life. It's mollabeads. It is mollabeads. It's It's just a million different ways of having mollabeads. And I think we really do... You know, I, I, when you said that truancy thing, I thought, you know, the truancy officer shows up in my life this way. I had a text from a friend that um, had not seen me at church for three weeks and knew that our sweet Reverend Petra was back, so, of course, I would be more... And that you love that I love her Reverend sermons. Petra. So there wouldn't be any reason, unless I was on a deathbed. And... Um, and then she hadn't seen me at a couple of other things. And so she texted me and called me and emailed me and said, you know, where are you? What's going on? So that was my truancy officer. I do think that we can be each other's truancy officer, and I think that's a really important role to play in each other's lives to say, hey, knock, knock. Where, or, you know, have you looked out at those mollies lately? You know? Are you remembering what you want to be remembering? So I think we can be each other's truancy officers. <laughs> yeah, that was actually related to you specifically. I've had mm-hmm. two people come up and pull me aside and just very quietly, like, lean down and say, have you seen <laughs> lately? Is she alive? And I'm like, yeah, just yeah. Of, you know, four days ago we did the radio show together and they're like, oh, okay, so at least, Okay, there's been a Leslie sighting. <laughs> there's been a Leslie sighting. And see, there is something to be said for that, you know, that people do care about each other. And once you get connected in the community, that is a fabulous part of the community piece. Yeah, and that that is in um, our spiritual community. I think that is one of the reasons it is so fabulous because, we actually train our, or we don't train them, but we <laughs> we ask. Uh, we have fifty, right at fifty, ministry, volunteer ministry teams. Right. And when we do meetings with the team leaders, all, most all of whom are volunteers. One of the things that is always brought up when those team leader meetings are held every five to six months is to remind the team leaders, it's like when there's someone who's on your team and you haven't seen them in three or four weeks, check in. 
you are the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas. Truancy officer. And so you are <laughs> to check with them because, yes. you know, not so much to make them feel guilty about not no, coming, but no, to let but them yes. know that somebody actually right. notices when they are around and when they're not, and to make sure that they're not somebody who is in the hospital. They've been in the hospital for the last two weeks, and we didn't know it. Right. So nobody went to offer prayer. Nobody offered to come and, you know, provide transportation for follow-up doctor visits. Nobody went to the grocery store and, you know, brought them food Mm -hmm. that they couldn't get out to get because, you know, they had surgery or they broke their leg or whatever. And so really we started doing that from a pastoral care perspective. But it it does also have that impact. And I know I've called people or sent them an email and had them, you know, email back saying, you know, I've had, well, I've had the whole gamut from someone saying, yes, they actually had an emergency Mm -hmm. or family situation that they didn't know they could ask. They didn't even know that that would be an appropriate thing to ask pastoral care team to help Help with, with. Uh to, you know, on the other end of the extreme, having someone say, well, it's very nice for you to, you know, check on me, but I hate the sense of spirituality, and... You know, Leslie did so and so, and and I will never oh, come back again. Oh, had to be Leslie did it. No, that, that's you know, so that cute. So and so yeah. did something. Right? Or said something. You gotta, yeah, you gotta. Really I will <laughs> never ever come back again. <laughs> I'm like, and then you know Thank you, you think, okay, now what do I? Say? <laughs> thanks, thanks for letting me know. Was like, you know, of course I knew what to say in the moment. Um, you know, uh, well, I just wanted you to know I missed you, and I wanted to make sure you were okay. And if there's ever, is there ever anything any we can do, I can support you. Please feel free to, you know, email me or call me or whatever. You know, thinking about um, church, I'm reminded of uh, John and Linda Caswell go to our center, and they have a fabulous meditation practice site and they do meditationcourse.com sign up for their online uh, virtual class it's fabulous ooh say that again themeditationcourse.com yeah it is really amazing and what's interesting and I took their meditation class I don't know 10 years ago before I ever knew them individually and they had uh, an amazing example that helped made sense in my mind they said every day that you meditate, it's like putting another link in the chain of yes. your spirituality. And even if it's just 30 seconds, and I've, my routine has shifted in my life, so I'm not going up to the center for morning meditation anymore. So I'm sitting on my deck and meditating in the morning, and it's a very different experience, and I have certainly a lot more opportunity for distractions, and I um, you know, can give myself all sorts of permission to do it you know, in different ways and shorter ways and put it off. But um, I am aware that a day that I don't meditate, is, is I really feel the effects of that. Viscerally. Vis- vis- what's the word? It's an important word. Viscerally. That's it. That's the word. That's what I feel bad, really bad. And, um, and they talk about the link in the chain and you creating this spiritual chain. And I think that's kind of where they stop you know, the idea of it. They don't have any kind of negative idea, but I, I really have the negative idea. But, you know, if I break my chain, I mean, there's something that, that that happens within me. I mean, I really feel it if I break that chain. And I don't have to go back and start at the first chain again, but, you know, it does it does take me a little bit of time to then restart rebuilding that chain. And so it's a it's an amazing thing to have that daily appointment um, you know, to really make that connection with God every day, even if it's just through looking at the moonlight, sitting out in the moonlight, the women at the jail, good Lord, it just almost, I, I don't ever cry in the jail, I don't know why this made me cry, but this woman was talking about that the night before the full moon, and there had been a full moon, and she said the officers had let them turn off the outside light, they have a little basketball area that you can't see the sky, but you can get in some 
you know, some sort of outside light, and the officers had let them turn off the outside overhead electrical light, and that the full moon was so bright, they got some some moonlight in their little concrete area there, and she said, we sat and had a hour prayer circle, and we just praised the Lord, she said, Leslie. And I thought, oh, my goodness, can you imagine sitting in jail in the moonlight? And and the moon like that, you probably really never noticed before. Yes, I mean it was certainly you yeah. couldn't even see the moon. It was just sort of you know the reflection of that light, that energy. And so you know there's a million different ways to keep that appointment with God, even in jail. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. So the idea of sending a truancy officer to, to your home. <laughs> yeah. How many of us need the truancy officer to keep us and on track? I would, does the truancy officer come in terms of, like, I don't know, you know, upset marriages and broken jobs and money loss and stubbing well, my toe? I, I don't know. My gut reaction is to say no to that because <laughs> I think life experiences happen all the time and they're not punishment. For but it is punishment. But, you know, I know you're saying, is it a truancy officer showing up as a way to get us get back? To, get our attention. Or right. getting us back into line. And I don't think so because it's like, quote, unquote, bad things happen as part of us being having the human experience. Period. Right. True that. And so I don't think it's the, I don't, I don't like in a different way, it. though. I don't like, I'm not. Uh, can I come from? Yeah, go with that. Can I can yeah. I have difficulty in my life, but I don't. It's not you know. I'm more able to experience it through a spiritual view. So things going on in my work life or my financial life or my relationship life are not. No, I think a it's crisis our, I think I'm, it's our perfect attendance that prepares us to deal with all kinds of situations that come up in life. But I don't think the situations come up in life to push us into or to return us to perfect attendance. I think... Really? Mm-mm. You don't think sometimes that's the case? Well, I never say people, all or never. People, 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 people that's, the churches are filled with people that, you know, are desperate and, and something happened and they decided, well, I better go to church. Yes. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, but I don't think that's what generates the perfect attendance, except, except I am going back to how we started 55, 50 <laughs> minutes ago, and you were talking about out of despair doing certain things. Right. And so I, I have to, I have to give that that could be possible for some people that it becomes their reason, and then it becomes their, I do this every day so I don't have struggle in my life. But the reality is we all have situations. Oh, thank you for not saying struggle. No, no, we all have Very good, <laughs> We all have conditions yes. that come up that yes. are part of the human experience. Yes, but they're, they're not necessarily struggles. And we've determined whether our struggle right. or not right. has, does have a lot to do with What's my attendance? How have I attended my spiritual foundation? Right, right. absolutely. I, yes, I agree with that. So, in that way, I see that there's some connection, but I don't think that the um, the the conditions are the truancy officer. But my reaction to the conditions, maybe it's the truancy officer. I think my reaction to the condition is the result of whether or not. I have been nurturing and building and the found the spiritual foundation. But the truancy officer who taps me on the shoulder and says, Hey, you've missed school. Hey, you've been missing uh meditation. Hey, you've been missing that. Um you know, I've had, i my gut reaction is it's not the condition. Yeah. But when I hear you talk about um, your experience for you, it might be. So I'm willing to give you that, but for me, it would My never reality, be that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a punishment. I absolutely don't think it's a punishment. But I think when I'm 
when I'm not living in a spiritual alignment, all kinds of things are more likely to happen to me. But then it's not cause, it's effect. Look at you being a practitioner. Very good. So it's an effect of my... It's an effect of my lack of attendance. Well, it's an effect of your choice. <laughs> Which was my my attendance is my choice, right? Right. So it's, a, it's an effect of what you have chosen and what you have focused on, which was doing other things. <laughs> you weren't you weren't you weren't focusing on not meditating or not going to church. You were focused on sleeping late or you know, not you personally, but the thank you. you. There you, you go. Know, the universal going you the, like going out uh-huh. to the bars or oh, that sounds more interesting. You know, or doing whatever you going on vacations to beautiful places. You know, whatever you've been doing in your life, it's like you know that's what you've been focused on. And keeping that spiritual, and it's again, it really is more of keeping that spiritual. Um, you know, taking that spiritual action as a priority in my day and watching for those opportunities to um, to have them all be moments, to be awakened, to see. I, I had a whole serendipitous experience with my mother taking her to the airport and like 20 things happened that were really not very positive, but they all had this sort of serendipitous outcome that they all kind of aligned up and it all kind of worked out perfectly. And it was really fascinating because if you know anything about my mother and I, we rarely have more than three and a half minutes of, you know, moments of peace with each other. And we had about an hour and a half, and we actually kind of went with it. And I thought, oh, she's getting really old. (laughs) You know, she didn't, like, you know, react back to me. So I thought, wow. But then I thought, no, maybe she's just getting really, you know, we're just having a serene moment. And it was really and it was all about her changing. Right? <laughs> exactly right. But it was a really pleasant hour and a half, and I was aware of it. You see, that's the idea: is that I was aware of the serendipity, and you know, it was all going to work out. So even the things that appeared to not be working out, I didn't. I never trusted for a second that they wouldn't work out. And then that was the Malabid. That's going to become my new instead the of Malabid River. It's going to be the Malabid moment. It's also what um, Deepak Chopra refers to as synchro destiny. Ooh, synchro destiny. I knew you would love that. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I knew you would love that. I'm going to put that on my hand, synchro destiny. Yeah. How coincidences really are not coincidences. Yes. And then things happen and they synchronized, the synchronicity, because these four things don't seem to be related, but they lead to this amazing outcome or end result or, you know, change or perception that shifts a relationship, shifts a life, shifts a situation, and that synchro destiny. Oh, see, I love that. Yeah, I knew you would. Yeah, thanks for that. Good job, Tracy. Thanks for helping me today. So, um, that's just about all we have on perfect attendance <laughs> and what it has to do with saying yes to spirit or what's the connection between saying yes to spirit and perfect attendance. <laughs> Very good. Um, so we're so glad you joined us and hung out with us today and hope that you will Check the schedule and see what's coming up in future shows and join us. But until that happens, remember to say Say yes to spirit. Play Imagine Dragons. Okay. 
With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.